Are you a U.S. service member or veteran who finds it hard to fall or stay asleep? Do you feel tired and sleepy during the day? You answered yes, you might be experiencing a common sleep disorder called insomnia. Cognitive behavior therapy is the number one recommended treatment for insomnia. A new study conducted by the Center for Neuroscience and Regenerative Medicine is testing an online cognitive behavior therapy app that can be accessed by a computer or a smartphone. This study can be completed 100% online anywhere in the U.S. Active duty service members and veterans between the ages of 18 and 64 who are experiencing insomnia and have had a head injury might be eligible to participate. Interested in learning more about this opportunity? Call or text 301-456-5474 to connect with a member of the study's team. That's 301-456-5474 or visit militaryveterandad.com forward slash sleep. Dory 1, this is Fireteam Delta. Dad's coming home. Welcome to the Military Veteran Dad Podcast, where it is our mission to bring every dad home. I am your host, Ben Colloy. I'm a United States Marine veteran, husband, and a father. We will bring authentic conversations to inspire action in your life so we can close the gap between the dad you are today and the dad you want to be tomorrow. This is the Military Veteran Dad Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back. This is episode 147 of Military Veteran Debt. As always, I am your host, Ben Cloy. And today I'm going to crack it wide open with a question that comes from today's interview. And that is, do your dreams match your values? Now, this is the question that our guest today, Jordan Montgomery, opens up with right away as he starts to share his story and going from having everything to having nothing. Jordan Montgomery is the owner of Montgomery Companies. He is a highly regarded performance coach, keynote speaker, whose clients include business executives, sales organizations, and entrepreneurs. From small town Iowa to dominant force in the performance coaching industry, Jordan travels the country speaking and coaching executives at all the Fortune 500 companies that we all know, know, and trust. In addition to his work speaking and coaching, Jordan is an accomplished business leader who has managed top-performing sales teams in the financial services industry. But more importantly, Jordan resides in Tiffin, Iowa with his wife, Ashley, his three daughters, Audrey, Claire, and Olivia. When he's not writing, coaching, or speaking, Jordan spends time with his family, enjoys the outdoors, and he loves our sports and all things Iowa Hawkeyes. And today, he's opening up a story for us to learn some pretty hard lessons from his life so that you can have the impact on your life. And as always, please hang on for the other side for my big takeaway, and today is going to be one you don't want to miss. So without further ado, let's get started with Jordan Montgomery. Today, we are traveling all the way to Iowa City, which from my world before jumping on, we decided it was about two and a half hours apart from each other, which isn't very often where it gets this close to the Midwest where I'm interviewing. Today, I'm talking to Jordan Montgomery, who I first heard on a podcast by Jake Thompson, and I knew this guy was a guy that had to have his story on here. He's not a military veteran, but his story is so relatable to what military veterans go through. And so, Jordan, welcome to the podcast today. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Ben. I appreciate you. Appreciate what you stand for. And it's an honor to be with you. Special shout out to Jake uh, for connecting us and for creating this opportunity. So your beginning is almost like a lot of other beginnings where you got out of college and you started going down the average road, but then you had to, you're in a completely different world from where most people are. You're a professional coach, you're a speaker, you do things that like other people are like, that seems the most scariest thing in the world except you're doing it in that transition process. So take us to like, what was those early mindset days when you maybe realized you might be on the wrong road? 
Yeah, you know, I, I came out of college. I spent five years in the financial services business. Um, that industry was great. I'm still very fond of that industry. In fact, it's where a lot of our coaching clients reside today professionally. But I was five years into that business and I was sort of living uh, the proverbial dream, right? At least as we understand it uh, by the ways of the world. So I was working 12 to 14 hour days, uh, very, very committed to the craft professionally. But I would say this, Ben, my goals were ahead of my values. In other words, you know, I was setting my goals, but I'm not sure I really understood my values. And sometimes when that happens, your, your goals will actually take you to a place that you never intended to go. And that was kind of my story, like um, the allure of success and, and recognition and uh, some of the monetary gain started to almost kind of consume me. Like pride is an interesting thing, right? Because you can't always identify pride, um, oftentimes until it's too late. And so here I was, I was 27 years old. I'm, I'm working around the clock. Uh, I'm flying all over the country. I'm speaking at big events. And um, for the most part, you know, I, I thought my life was, was moving in the right direction. But deep down, I think I was, I was empty. Um, I knew like I wasn't right with my maker, just wasn't spending a lot of time growing in my faith, wasn't really honoring my closest relationships in terms of, you know, quality time spent. And at 27 years old, I had a conversation that changed my life forever. My managing partner at the financial firm that I worked for said, Hey, this is going to be your last day. He said, you didn't do anything malicious or intentional, but, um, we found out that there's somebody on your team that took a test and you didn't report it. It was an internal CE. And he felt like at that time we needed to part ways. Uh, the issue for me at the time was I was involved in a real estate project. Uh, the bank called the loan project went sideways and I stood at the door of bankruptcy, literally went from the proverbial penthouse to the outhouse almost overnight. Uh, reputation was damaged, really ashamed. It was very public. And I just kind of went into hiding for multiple days. I didn't talk to anybody. I just kind of like shut off my cell phone, thousands of text messages that, you know, I, I didn't respond to. And it was a desert season. Uh, for the next two years, I was actually able to recontract with the company. There's a guy by the name of Tim Bohanna that stepped into my life, gave me a second chance and allowed me to kind of get back on my feet. But uh, no speaking engagements. Um, you know, I wasn't really in the public eye. I wasn't getting the same amount of pats on the back. And about all of my revenue, about 95% of it, Ben, was, was gone um, after that transition because the firm that I was formerly with you know, kept the clients. And so it was a rebuilding season. But it was in that season where God did his best work and sometimes brokenness is a powerful position, you know, because you learn to listen and pray and observe in a unique and different way. And so God met me in that time. I really grew in that time, started to ask the deep questions that I hadn't been asking. Um, I think one of life's most powerful questions is what part of the problem is me. And it's a hard question to ask. It's an even harder question to answer. And I started thinking deeper about what I wanted my life to look like. So in that season, I met my now wife. She had two kids from her previous marriage, Audrey and Claire, who are now my daughters. I uh, was fortunate to marry Ashley. We've had a third daughter, Olivia. And, uh, you know, I remind people of this all the time that sometimes God's preparation is packaged as pain. And that was the story of my life. You know, he had to do something in me before he could do something with me. And it was really painful and it hurt like hell, but for me to become the dad and the husband that I was going to become, uh, I had to deal with some of the pride and ego that was consuming me. And 
Uh, I can look back now and say I'm thankful for it. Uh, it's the reason that I've made the professional pivot, but it's also the reason that I have three daughters and a, and a wife and a beautiful family here in Southeast Iowa. That is a story, like, if you didn't know that you were a veteran, I mean, that could be cookie-cuttered into so many different areas of where we get wrong in life. There are so, like, in the standard military transition, we're told how the world works, where we get plugged in. That was a story of mine. I went to school for 10 years. I followed this one road American dream of get a job, get a house, start your family, and it ends up being the American hell instead of being your American dream. And you're like, this is not what the billboard said or the brochure said of where I'm going. But it was that pain of dropping out of school, figuring out what was supposed to happen, where I refigured out my pain to help other dads, in this case, of how I have the podcast. I want to maybe go to a little bit before you had that kind of painful moment. And now looking back and knowing all the different growth you've had to go through, I want to know maybe what you misunderstood about the world, like when you were 21, that maybe you had the blinders on going into this world and life that you thought was like where you needed to go, where your ego was telling you to go towards, where the other people were going towards. Like, what was that thought that was the incorrect one maybe when you were 21 that led up to that point? Well, I, I appreciate that question. And, and before we go any further, I just want to say this too, as you were sharing a little bit about your journey, Ben, like um, just want to say thanks for your service. Uh, thanks for the time and the energy and the effort and the sacrifice that you've made for people like me. Also want to say thanks to all of the veterans that you've had on your show and on your podcast, um, because it is the ultimate sacrifice and it's an incredible commitment. So uh, just want to, just want to say, thanks. Uh, we owe a huge debt of gratitude to each and every one of you who have, uh, have served for our, our, our country and our freedom. Um, you know, for me, if I could go back to my early twenties, um, I think what I, what I maybe failed to understand, and this is going to sound like so obvious, Ben. So, um, <laughs> the obvious answers like, are the always the yeah. obvious ones right in front of us. Yeah. It's like, how did I not get this? Or how did I not see this? Or at least remember it enough that it would change my actions and the way that I was living. Um, I know now, and I knew then, but it's real to me now that like everything in this world is fleeting. All of it. And one day we're going to leave it. And the scripture is pretty clear as, as a person of faith that, uh, you know, we can count it all garbage and rubbish compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, our Lord. And when I think about that scripture in Philippians, I'm just reminded about the things that I held so tightly to, like whether it was a material possession or an award or a compliment, um, like it's going to be gone and it's not meant to sustain me. It's not meant to be a part of my life forever. And uh, my ultimate goal in life is not to please man, but but to please the Lord. And so he just made that real to me going through some real adversity. I think the other thing that I began to realize, and, and I'll give John Maxwell credit for this. I heard this on a podcast several years ago. It really touched me and meant a lot to me when I heard it. He said, um, you know, when you're having success, you got to remember that people aren't praising you. They're praising the gift inside of you. They're praising your God-given giftedness. So when you're getting the standing ovation or somebody's patting you on the back, and that happens a lot in my world as a public communicator, right? So I'll fly into an event, I'll speak in front of a big group that I don't really know, and you get done and you feel really good, right? Like there's the, the praise and there's, um, hopefully, if you've done your job the right way, there's an applause, right? And there's a lot of compliments and it feels good. But I think it's important in those moments to remember, like, uh, these people aren't really praising you. You're really not that great. What they're admiring 
And what they're praising is the God-given giftedness inside of you. And he gave you that gift and the Lord gives and he takes away. Um, but, you know, all good things come from above. And so I think I've just started to become more in tune with, you know, the talent and treasure that God gives each one of us. And you're never as good or as bad as you think you are, but God opposes the proud and gives favor to the humble. And I think I've just learned a lot about stewardship and humility. I often like the idea that God places things in your heart, but it's up for you to take the first step. But oftentimes it's the noise in our life that prevents us from hearing what's on our heart and telling us where to go. And that's what is true in my life. There was, I mean, the idea that I'm a podcaster, that I'm a professional speaker, that I do some of the same things that you do, like that version of me was not where I was leading. I most of the most time I was trying to figure this out. I was kept telling myself in my head, you're a guy that does not do these things. Like guys like you are not people that go do this. But that was really just my ego pulling me back from what I felt led to do and what people had given me the reflection of. And probably even if you were to go back as well, this is one of the other thing that's right there in front of us that you can't fully see. God brings people into our life that can prepare and take us to these places that our gift is enabled for. But if our ego is the one driving the bus, we often almost drive right by them. I can't tell you, I mean, you probably see it in your coaching clients. They come up with this idea or you come up them come up with this idea. And then like 10 seconds later, they're like, you know what? I know a guy that can help me do that. And it's almost like unanimous. There's always a guy that they have like, boom, just like that, that has always been there. Some cases I just had a client. He was his godmother. I was like always there, right there. And this idea was inside him. He just wasn't listening to it. And he already had the people in front of him to make it happen. And I think that's often what we don't really realize when we're going life at a super fast pace is how do we slow down to actually realize who is in our life right now that could maybe take us to a place we don't even yet fully realize we could go or if we truly acknowledge where we could go from just our own life. Yeah, I really appreciate what you just shared. I think so much of that is centered upon awareness. You know, I think um, somebody said this to me last night, actually, they said, it's not about self-awareness, it's about God awareness. It's about realizing that God is involved in every detail. You know, he knows the hairs on your head and he's intimately involved in the details of your life. And so um, you're right. I think we start to see opportunities and we start to see people in a different way when we have not just self-awareness, but God awareness. And there's an acknowledgement of the role that he plays in our life. I heard it recently said at a conference that a great way to spell faith is R-I-S-K. And over the last two months, I've really felt this show up in a powerful way that I can't tell you how many times I was like, God, I'm out. I'm done. This isn't working. This I need to figure out something that's going to get this to move. And this isn't appearing to move. And when I laid down a prayer, which isn't something I was really good at doing, and I realized that like I need to ask for help, like literally 48 hours later, he shows up and says, no, I'm not done with you yet. And it was often leveraging in the amount of risk that I was willing to take to let faith really show up. And that if we keep ourselves in that comfort zone, it seems nice and it almost doesn't really seem like we're not living in, in line with what God wants us to do, but it's that risk is that growth that happens like you figuring out what you need to do. And I imagine people in the early days are telling you like, you're crazy for what you wanted to go do, but it's really that risk that it leverages and allow faith to show up. Yeah. We say like the emotional risk that you take determines the opportunity that you create. I think that's true of our lives, right? Like you have to have a willingness to take risk and to step out in faith. Um, and so much of that is trusting, right? It's just trusting that, Hey, God's got a plan. And, um, you know, my greatest desires are typically on the other side of fear. And so clearly, I mean, talk about stepping out in faith, fighting for our country. I see that flag behind you, 2003 to 2007, 
you know, you want to talk about R-I-S-K, that's it. That's stepping out in faith. Right? And in that and particular case, me joining the Marine Corps, I would have been voted least likely to join the Marine Corps. And it was like a dare to be great moment of this seems like the scariest thing I've ever done in my life. So let's go see where I can go. And it really gave me a lot of seeds planted, but I didn't even start watering them until many years later and understanding like what did the Marine Corps reveal in me and where I could go with what it was taught me. And one of those was leadership. There was a moment that I just realized earlier in the year, one of the core philosophies they teach in the Marine Corps is know thyself and seek self-improvement. Like that's the core fundamental of Marine Corps leadership. I got it burned in my head, but I forgot it for almost 20 years. And I was in an interview with another Sergeant Major and he brought it up and I was like, wow, it was right there the entire time. Because what I really didn't know within the connects of leadership, and you probably have seen this in all the corporate uh, leadership talks you've done, Leadership gets sold as this idea of your ability to move people, your ability to move an idea, something that's trained on, spent millions of dollars on in a company. But at the end of the day, the real thing that most people overlook is your ability to lead yourself influences how you can lead others. And most people overlook that first part. And I was like, man, your ability to influence yourself, know yourself and seek self-improvement. That's the first step in proper leadership. But most people, as you know, skip that step and try to go to influence. Yeah, you're so right. I think the hardest person to lead is the person in the mirror, you know, and here's the deal is somebody that, you know, uh, talks about leadership every day. And, you know, our company is designed around leadership development. Uh, I got to remind people, it's actually really easy to talk about leadership. It's another thing to live it out. You know, it's easy to get on a podcast and share some principles or share some ideas, but then you got to go live it. And that's hard. That's much harder to do. Living out leadership is harder than talking about leadership. And I think leading the person in the mirror is our most difficult job. And then I think before leadership is followership. You know, if you want to be a great leader, you got to learn to follow. And following's hard. And we never stop following. Great leaders are also great followers. They've learned to follow. Because they follow well, they've positioned themselves to lead well. But it's the coachable, teachable people that we want as leaders. And obviously, that's been your story, man. So credit to you for positioning yourself in a in, in, a, in a way where you could where you could learn and grow. And it's often where you're learning, you don't really realize the pain. And one of the favorite, I almost, this is like the only real Bible verse that I'm good at quoting is Proverbs 14.4. And it talks about where there's oxen in life, there's life. And where there's no oxen, there is no life. And it has nothing to do with the oxen. It has everything to do with the lead behind. And it translated when it was first given to me as it takes a lot of shit to make good soil. But you don't really understand how this big pile of shit in your life is the fertilizer and it often feels like just this horrible smell and stench that like it should go away. But the opportunity in front of all of us and you and me and anybody else listening to this episode is the invitation that God gives us to take that shit and work it into the soil. And I always had this amazing analogy, and you're in many cases like this in your work that you do, what you grow from this shit becomes a shade tree for someone else. Like a tree so that grows from this, it develops roots, it becomes tr shade to someone that's like burnt out from the sun, needs a rest, and had you not done that, you wouldn't be able to provide that for someone that's just getting started. So good, man. I so much appreciate what you just shared. And, you know, maybe this is just for one person listening. And I, and I tell you what, if, if you feel like this conversation was for you, if you would send me a direct message and let me know that, I, I would love to, to help you or to have a conversation with you. If there's anything I do to be a blessing. So if, you, if this hits you and you're like, wow, that's me right now. Like if you're hurting and you're going through something really difficult, I want to remind you that God's preparation is sometimes packaged as pain. And sometimes he's got to do something in you before he can do something with you. And Jeremiah 29, 11 is clear. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for you to prosper, to give you a hope and a future. So that's for everybody. That's not, you know, I mean, that, that verse is 
is for everyone. Like he's got a plan for your life, regardless of what you've done, regardless of where you've been. Um, he's got a plan. And to your point, sometimes it's actually taking the very thing that hurt us or the very thing that we failed at and using it for good. Sometimes your deepest hurt becomes your greatest ministry. You know, that's been my story. That's part of your story, right? I mean, I imagine there was some, there was some pain in the journey that you went on, right? In the military. I mean, there was some discipline and there was some pain and there was probably some loss that you experienced. And that very thing is what allowed you to create a platform today to lead and affect a bunch of people for good, Ben. So I commend you, man, on, on being a great example of that. I don't, I don't claim to know the details of your journey or your story, uh, but you don't sign up for the U.S. military and not experience at least some sort of pain or loss. So um, I think you're a living example of that. I appreciate that, Jordan. I want to maybe go into a different direction. Now that you have kind of this awareness, you have this self-reflection, you understand the process, how has this shaped you leading your kids and your daughters? Because like to me, I have two daughters, nine and, and five. And to me, like helping them understand that their value doesn't come from Instagram likes or posts or filters, but it comes from the inside. Like my daughter's in fourth grade right now. And I feel like third grade to fourth is like that first front lines of emotional intelligence where they can see the world, feel it, but they have no idea how to fit into it, control it or influence it. So I'm interested how you, how's this like kind of influenced your ability to help your daughters? I think in today's world as parents, now more than ever before, we have to help our children with self-acceptance. You know, really helping them understand who God made them to be and who they are and the gifts that they have and, and the talents that they have. Um, like, I just, I want my girls, Ben, to know who they were made to be. And I want them to embrace who they are. I want them to embrace their uniqueness um, the, 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 the ways in which God made them different. Um, I just want them to be comfortable in their own skin because they're going to show up to class in a social media era. And there's going to be instant comparison with how they dress, the way that they talk, the way that they look, the way that they perform. And I think comparison is, is crippling to this young generation. You know, the, the quickest way to kill something special is to compare it to something else. And, um, kids are special, you know, um, my kids are so special to me. And so, you know, when I think about my own journey and, and, and some of what God's taught me, it's, it's that same thing, right? It's like, Hey, just accept who you are, you know, like, um, you were made to be unique and different and you've got some unique skills and treasures and talents that not everyone has, um, embrace that, you know, and be comfortable in your own skin. So I just want, I want my kids to show up in the world in a way where they're comfortable. Um, even if they, you know, don't fit in, or even if they feel like sometimes they're on the outside, I just want them to know that we love them, that God loves them and that they can love themselves. Is there a moment or a routine that you do with throughout the week to help capture that as an active way to incorporate that in being a dad? You know, I think, I think one of the sweetest things that we've done, Ben, one of the things that's been meant the most to me is we started doing, um, the Bible in a year with our kids. And um, it's just, it's led to some really awesome and interesting conversation because when you start to try to break down some of those things for a child, they're like, they have all kinds of questions, right? Like about heaven and death and passing and, you know, what it means to believe and how do you believe in something that you can't see? And so it's just, 
it's, it's led to all these amazing conversations and like mom and dad don't always have the answers. I'm, I'm amazed at how many times I'm like, that's a really good question. I have no idea. Like it's challenged my wife and I in a really profound way, but I think just digging into God's word and having some of those spiritual conversations with our children has been a daily discipline that has uh, just led to a lot of fruit, a lot of awesome moments, awesome discussion has challenged me really in ways that I wasn't even uh, prepared to be challenged. So we started doing that last summer. We're probably, I don't know, four or five months in. And um, it's been really, it's been really great. And the other thing that we just love to do is celebrate wins from the day. So just like, hey, what, what were the highs from today? Like, what did you, what did you really appreciate about today? And I don't know that we're great about, you know, there's probably days where we miss it. I think three great questions for kids, if you're working with them on being comfortable in their own skin is, what are you proud of? What are you excited about? And what are you grateful for? You know, what are you proud of? What are you excited about? What are you grateful for? And you just allow a child to celebrate, you know, even on the darkest days, even on the days where things didn't go well, or someone was mean to them or rude to them. It's like, hey, you got something to be excited about. You definitely have something to be proud of. And I know that you have something to be grateful for. And so that's, that's another rhythm that we've, um, you know, implemented with our children. It's been a lot of fun. How about you? Anything? Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say for me, a lot of it comes down to something I call bedtime talk, where it's just kind of creating a one-on-one space where we can have a conversation and dissect. And it it was really kind of born out of just, uh, reading together as a family at night was a hot mess. And so then I started reading separately with each one of them. And in that moment, we, uh, we would start talking about things, especially with my older one, because she would have all these questions or issues as they would come up. And it really created this space where we could talk about anything, the good, the bad, and the ugly of the day of what went well, what she would work on, um, just developing some interesting habits that went away and then come back. Like now she's journaling 1% better every day, what she could do better tomorrow, like things we started two years ago, even she's picking back up. But oddly enough, just one of them kind of the fruition came through. Uh, that we are at lunchtime and she walks up and said, dad, this is really random, but I just want to thank you for helping me get all these weird thoughts out of my head. Cause now I have a lot more room to be happy. And cause there's a lot of just random stuff. Like one day the kid pulled down his pants and showed his underwear on the bus. And it was like two months ago when she told me it and she was just like, it was in there and it just needed to get out. I had no influence on anything. It didn't really open a lot of conversations. It just needed to get out. And I was like, you have more emotional intelligence and now even the awareness of how these thoughts can shape your actions and your current feelings than most people do as adults that have been living life for a lot longer than you. So good. Yeah. I think processing, right. Talking, processing, the ability to ask a question. I think teaching kids to ask questions, encouraging them to ask questions, like there's no bad question, you know, and the answers you get are only as good as the questions that you ask. So ask questions, be brave, be curious. And I think that's a, I think that's a great discipline to, to start, you know, with a child. So kudos to you, man, for having those conversations. And then even just two weeks ago, there was another kind of like sub win within this. There is apparently a QR code in the building that they can scan with their iPads to send a form to book an appointment with the counselor, talk about anything. And she did this all on her own. She comes home like that. I, I was a Friday and she's like, I booked an appointment. I'm going to talk to her on Monday. And it was about a recess issue of how she separates friends and how can she, process like one person wanted to play with her and the other one and i was just so proud that like she reached out at nine to ask for help and then she had another problem this this week as well and i was like hey go schedule another appointment because it was an odd one of like how do i keep everybody happy and i was like i don't really have a good answer for that but you've already proven this person within the school deals with these types of issues all day she's gonna be definitely better help you through it and i was just so proud of it created the courage for her that other people have answers to questions on the inside, like what you've learned in your story and in mine. 
and teaching that at a younger age of like, how do they go out and seek the solutions to problems they're feeling? Like, and we're both in the early ages of all this. So it's almost like the R and D lab of where it's all going to lead. But I get excited about like 25 and 30 looking back and like being able to connect all the dots of like, wow, that really started when she was five or vice versa or whatever might come up. Yeah, no doubt, man. It, it is fun to watch that evolution and the growth and man, the seeds that we're planting today matter, you know, and, um, it's a big deal. You know, we get one chance to do this well and to do it right. And someone told me this the other day, they said, uh, you know, the role of a parent is the only leadership job you'll ever have that you never get replaced. You know, like somebody else will be the boss, somebody else will be the manager, somebody else will be the CEO, somebody else will be the director or the supervisor, you know, somebody else will lead in the church or the community or whatever. But like, you're, you're the only, you're the only one that gets to be dad. You're the only one that gets to be mom, you know? And so I think if we do that job, well, it's just a unique reminder that like we get one chance to do it. And we're the only person that can fulfill that role. Um, and that's cool. That's special, you know? And I, and I understand too, in unique circumstances or somebody else that intervenes or gets involved in a child's life. And so I want to acknowledge that too. Uh, but in most situations or circumstances, uh, you know, if we do it well, we get to continue to be dad. And I think that's, I think that's really cool. What about adventure? Do you guys have any Iowa adventures or different dad hacks to incorporate getting out and exploring in the outside world? Yeah. You know, we, we go on a lot of walks. Um, I think there's just something about movement with family, you know, Tony Robbins says physiology affects psychology. I believe that's true. Like the way that your body moves affects the way that your mind thinks. And so we just have some really interesting conversations on our walks. It's not always like super deep or meaningful, but um, some of my favorite memories with our kids, literally just taking walks around the neighborhood, um, kind of came out of COVID season. I don't know if you guys did that, Ben, but like, we just went on tons of walks, you know, cause there's only so much, you, there's you only, yeah, do. there's only so many things you can do. Yeah. So we were on like multiple walks a day. And like, I, I look back at 2020 and like some of my most favorite memories are walks with our children. And we go walk at the park and we walk around the block. Um, that sounds like such a simple thing. Uh, maybe it's something I take for granted. Like I, those are, those are just really special times. Um, you know, we, we enjoy sports. Our girls are big into dance. And so we don't, you know, we're not into big fancy things. Like we're going to take a trip to Hawaii over the holidays, which would be super fun. Uh, really, really fortunate that we get to do that together. We've been to Disney and done the Disney experience. But I think for me, like the things that I most enjoy are the really simple things that we do together. Like, you know, just the walks around the house. When you, when you think about adventure, uh, yeah, like maybe, maybe some people would hear that and be like, that's not adventurous. You know, like what are you talking about? But um, I don't know, like for us, that's, that's, it's been really meaningful time. You know, how about you? So for me, the, like, like the adventure is almost as, as a, as a pro tip dad word that you can get kids excited about anything when you add the word yes. adventure to it. So, so even if it's mediocre to you, it's like you add the word adventure to it. And a great example is this is so in the colder weather, it's, it's harder to ride bikes in the cold because the wind and just, I get more irritated with it. So we all have Razor scooters. So last year we, I've invented scooter adventures. And so literally I just attached the words adventure to scooters and we would go find a paved path and we would take their scooters and we would just scooter like maybe a mile away from a park and then end up at the park at the end. And it was like a kid in a candy store. They would get excited. They, I, would, I would tell them we're going to a scooter adventure and they would all run toward the door to get excited to go. And it's almost like the, it's setting up that invitation to get excited about experiencing life on the outside, like not getting in stuck yes. in the side or stuck in your tablets, but like going experiencing life. And so many more times, like another really interesting tip was 
my wife was having a party here with their friends. So I was like, what am I going to do? So we threw a whole bunch of, we like literally had everything in the back of the car. We had swimsuits, we had basketballs, we had fishing poles, we had sand toys. I didn't know where we were going, but we had everything and we were prepared for it. And so I only started with an ice cream shop, which is other like simple dad tip, find an ice cream shop like two hours away and then just travel there and then use some local knowledge, some Google maps and figure out where to go from next. And next door to the ice cream shop was a city pool. Never even knew there was a city pool where we were at, where in this town that we went and visited. And they had opening spots. We went and swam. We had pizza in the park on the way after the swing. And we drove back. And it was literally the best day of 2020. And it was the adventure days, we call them. And it was the day dad doesn't know. I have I had ideas, but they had no idea. They literally just thought this was spontaneous, getting the car and going where the wind takes us. And to me, like part of being a dad and helping them even figure out like what you maybe were missing when you were in 21 is figuring out how the process of experiencing life works. Like that's something we don't get in 12 years of school. And it's something that we don't naturally get encouraged because we're told to stay in patterns or told to spend our money, but we're not really given great roadmaps of how to experience and let life, not just from a painful point of view, but run into people, meet people doing life in different ways and experience the beauty and the abundance of life. Like so many times going up in Northern Wisconsin, there's times where I'm just like, man, life is so abundant. And I just forget that sitting and getting stuck in what I'm doing. And I need to be reminded of that. I want my kids to know like where they can feel that feeling. Yeah. Well, and isn't there something special too about the spontaneity of things? Like we live in a world that's so planned and so structured. And I don't know, man, like I remember as a kid growing up in the backyard and playing with sticks and like using our imagination. And I don't want my kids to lose that in a world of modern technology and a world that's also often structured and rigid. So, so much appreciate what you just shared about adventure. I'm taking mental notes from you, Ben, as we're sharing conversations. So it's great. Well, it's been something that I wasn't even in the beginning good at, but it's been something that again, mentors and listening and lots of podcast episodes and trying and error, like the last 18 months after losing my job in January, 2020, before Corona hit, I had to rewire my life as a stay-at-home dad, and that requires an entirely new sense of idea generation. And so you got to go wherever you can get, and you got to, in this case, let that experience shape me where I was going. Yeah, it's good, man. Well, you're doing it well. You're clearly uh, standing for a lot of the right things and being intentional about that leadership role in your life. So, and that's the real job, the the job that happens inside the walls of your home, you know. And um, my wife reminds me of that often. We're both involved in business together, but. Uh, the real job starts for me at five o'clock, you know? And I can't remember the person who said this, this isn't mine, but no amount of success outside the home will make up for a failure inside the home. So and true. that's not the crux of what most men get wrong in 2020. I don't know what is. Um, Man, that's so true. So, so true. Jordan, I really appreciate you coming to the podcast today. I know you got to get to on your next thing. So I really appreciate you making the time to talk to us about fatherhood life and sharing your story. And hopefully every dad understood that, this idea of where you're going in their side of transition, if you're just getting out or in the military or you're already in the middle of transition, life is an experience and is that experience that's trying to teach you something. And one of my favorite questions, honestly, is like, I always ask dads, what is life been trying to teach you for the last 10 years? Or what has God been trying to teach you for the last 10 years that you've been too ignorant to hear or understand? And they always get them thinking like, you know what? I think it's this. And that's that pain, that's that influence and those trials that we get putting in front of us. So I really appreciate you making the time today. Hey, I appreciate the opportunity, Ben. Uh, Want to continue our conversations and friendship and uh, so glad that you reached out. Again, thanks to Jake uh, for bringing us together. And uh, God bless you, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be keeping tabs on you and I uh, appreciate the opportunity to share a conversation. 
Well, thank you, Jordan. And before I let you go, where is the best place that people can get in touch with any of you or where they want to follow and see what you're up to? Yeah, our website is uh, montgomerycompanies.com. I'm probably most active on Instagram. I know you're active on Instagram, Ben. So uh, probably most active on Instagram, but uh, Jordan M. Montgomery on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter. Yeah, reach out, send a message. We'd love to be helpful uh, for anyone who's listening. And uh, again, Ben, just want to give you a compliment, man. Great at asking questions, carrying conversation. I've I've done uh, you know several podcasts, I'm sure, just like you. And and you've been one of the best, man. It's just a really enjoyable experience. So thanks again. Well, I appreciate that. And I'll, the secret sauce is I have, in the Marine Corps, uh, there's a term on our, our uniforms for a loose thread called an Irish pin it. So anytime you get a new uniform, you got to like sit in your barracks room and pull out all of those threads. Like it's an actual task. It takes about an hour actually to do like a whole set of uniforms. And these loose threads are what I kind of look for in, in the interview style. Like there's always these threads just staring at me. And as a Marine, we're trained to find those threads. Yeah, that's and good. it's those threads that often lead the biggest gold. So that's why I always like enjoy these conversations because I'm looking for those threads. And that's where the best stories can come from, like traveling back to when you're 21. Like I was like, I feel like there's a thread there. And so I pulled it and sure, sure as shit, you, you dropped a great bomb on us. Oh, that's great, man. Well, thanks. Thanks again. Thanks for pulling the thread. Thanks for, <laughs> uh, thanks for being who you are. Keep it up. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I really hope that you got everything out of that that I did, and there were so many good nuggets. Some of the nuggets that I wrote down is, what part of the problem is me? Oh, that was a good one. I'll never forget that question. People are not praising you. They are praising the gift inside of you. Man, that one hit me just as hard because as a man who's working on creating his platform, helping dads come home, be better dads, it is so easy to get caught up in what you say but this question really hit hard and reminded that people aren't praising me for what I say. They're praising me for the gift they see inside me. God's preparation is sometimes packages pain and sometimes he has to do something in you before he can do something with you. Another good one-liner that I will never forget and speaks to so much truth that we talk about in this podcast and as a military veteran, you know is even more true because of the pain that you've gone through maybe in whatever your life has opened up for and however your life has been experienced that sometimes that pain has packaged and God is doing something in you before he can do something with you. What are you proud of? What are you excited about? What are you grateful for? That conversation with his daughter, those are three nuggets as well that I'm going to take into my conversations with my kids as well. And the leadership role you have as a parent is the one leadership role you never get replaced on. Those are all the big takeaways for me on this one, but I want to go back and dive into more. The first one, what part of the problem is me? What most veterans, and I see this a lot with different men, is that we don't actually have an intuition of our own feelings, our own thoughts, our own everything. We just project who we are on the outside world, and we kind of live this skeleton that we think we've been issued, that we think is our life, and we think this is who we need to be. No matter what problem you're having, whether it be in a career, within a manager relationship that you have, with an employee relationship, maybe a member of the military if you're still on active duty, there's number one thing to always look for before you just blatantly say that is the problem, they are the problem, and I am not, is first you have to understand is what part of the problem is me. When you have a problem with another person, it always takes two people for that problem to keep going, for that problem to participate and you participate in that problem in a certain way, and understanding what part of you that reciprocates that problem, that pattern from continuing is an important question. So next time you feel like blaming someone else, next time you feel like pushing the responsibility or the accountability of something, remember that the buck stops with you 
And the best question you can ask is what part of the problem is me? Guys, that is all I have for you today. I hope you have an, another amazing week and you crush it. And again, we are still paused on Fatherhood Fridays. And I'll be back again with you guys on Monday. Monday.